Is that the time? Well, I thought so. 7 months ready oh my god is this thing on this is big green Big Green, my friends. July of 2020. We're back. At least I'm back. I've been out there too long, as the song goes. Man, did something go wrong. <laughs> oh, yeah. I got a kind of an interesting show for you here today. Gonna take a look back at our own band history. Play a few tracks from yesteryear. Share a tale or two. A little look ahead. Stay splinters already hello hello everybody how do you do this is joe welcome to this is big green my goodness it's been a while right long time long time no talk to damn it where have we been matt where have we been wait a minute Where's Matt? Well, wherever we were, Matt is still there. I am here once again, just like I was here last December. Um, flying solo. Uh, maybe we'll have a conversation with Matt a little later. We'll see. Let's see what we can wrangle. I'm in no hurry to put this sucker out. <laughs> As you can tell, it's July. Our last show is in December, and that was a clip show. And uh, I'm sorry to say, and this, I hate to be the one to break this to you, but <laughs> this is going to be a clip show too. <laughs> now, I'm not going to repeat an old episode of Ned Trek. Um, we have a whole separate podcast dedicated to rebroadcasts of existing Ned Trek episodes, because bear in mind, there's almost 40 of them that we made over the years and uh we're no longer in active production we've got a kind of a lost episode that we've recorded but never finished um we haven't had any new scripts lately matt's been very busy with his various um endeavors having to do with birds having to do with beavers having to do with all kinds of wild animals and god knows that work is much more important than the work that we do down here in the basement of the Cheney Hammer Mill, so to speak. Indeed. Anyway, um, 
we do have an entirely separate podcast called Ned Trek. It's available at nedtrek.com. That's nedtrek, N-E-D-T-R-E-K.com. Or you can go to big-green.net and just click on the podcast tab and you will see listed there the name of the Ned Trek podcast. There'll be a badge there. The badge is actually a link. The link will take you to nedtrek.com. Or you could just type in nedtrek.com and go there directly. And it's a site that's dedicated to the ridiculousness that is Ned Trek. I think we've got something like maybe 20 episodes posted. Probably less than that, actually. I'm, I'm exaggerating. There's maybe a little bit more than a dozen. They're kind of cherry-picked and they're not all in order. Um... But I've numbered them and I've sort of uh, tried to sequence them in some kind of fashion. Um, I think the last one we put up was the somewhat cringeworthy The Deadly Queers, which is (laughs) built on the original classic Star Trek episode known as The Deadly Years. Um, I kind of like that episode because I like the songs. But there you go. So give it a listen. Uh, it's a little crazy. Um, anyway, uh, I'll be posting more episodes of, well, let's say rebroadcasts of Ned Trek episodes in the coming weeks. I've got a number of them that we haven't um, actually put up on that site. Um, my main project now with regard to Nedtrek is just um, posting all of them as separate standalone episodes rather than as episodes of This Is Big Green because God knows who wants to listen to us blathering on about this and that and the other thing, especially the other thing. I mean, most everyone wants to hear about this and that, but not the other thing. Certainly not that. Uh, I leave the other thing to Matt. And where is Matt? Well, (laughs) I don't know. I'm going to try to find him and see if I can't get some commentary out of him. I remember in a very early episode of this podcast, this is Big Green, back in, God knows, probably 2011, um, we had a remote (laughs) report from Matt um, (laughs) describing some kind of dry alien moon, if I remember correctly. I'm not sure. Um, Dry Alien Moon, by the way, an anagram for Leonard Nimoy. Leonard Nimoy's name. If you take the letters in Leonard Nimoy, you can spell Dry Alien Moon. (laughs) Why do I know that? I don't know. I don't know. I just don't know must be a reason, but I don't know. I, I, I just don't know. Hey! So much for that. Um, What is the point of this 
episode of This is Big Green? You may well ask. Um, I wanted to uh, revisit a couple of things here. Um, got a confession to make. The official history of Big Green as depicted on our website, big-green.net, is bogus. It's completely made up. From there hangs the tail. No, I'm not going to sing the tale. I'm just going to tell you the tale. See, when we started actually promoting Big Green, the band, um, it seemed important. I mean, we looked at famous groups and they all had an origin story. And so we had to come up with one. Now, our actual origin story isn't very interesting. So we had to come up with something that sounded more interesting, like, you know, raised by wolves or, you know, um, uh, you know, those stories about meeting the devil somewhere and wrestling him for his power or something. Uh, We didn't go for anything quite that dramatic. Um, So it was just as is depicted on our website. I don't even remember it. It's so bogus. Um (laughs) If you look um, on our website and you follow the uh, prehistory tab, um, I think there's a prehistory tab on there somewhere. It goes through a little kind of bogus history. And the whole thing about that Janie Hammer Mill and uh, previously the lean-to in Sri Lanka, um, of course, it's not entirely true. It's not entirely bogus, but it's not entirely true. I had to admit to someone... Early on um, in the history of the blog that I've been writing for the last 20 years, and it has been about 20 years that I've been writing um, what I now call Hammer Mill Days, but which is which originally was Notes from Sri Lanka. Um, somewhat early on in the history of that blog, I got a message from someone in Sri Lanka. And they were thrilled that there was like a a band, a a sort of a Western pop band in, well, not pop band, but like a rock band in Sri Lanka. And she was hoping that we were a hardcore band, you know, because she was like really frustrated that there wasn't any hardcore music. And I really had to disappoint her because I had made up the whole thing about Sri Lanka. Right. We had made that up just as a joke. Uh, because we're from a very remote place <laughs> that may as well be Sri Lanka. Uh, we were just kind of, we're trying to think of a relatively remote place that nobody in America really has ever heard of. Of course, that could be practically anywhere because Americans don't know anything about geography unless we invade somewhere. Uh, we've never invaded Sri Lanka, so we don't really know very much about it. We have to invade and destroy a place before we know anything about it. Uh, if you know one thing about Americans, that's something you ought to know. But but I digress. In any case, um, yeah, someone had reached out at some point and asked us uh, if we were, in fact, um, playing any gigs. And I had to admit to them that, uh, no, we don't really live in Sri Lanka. We don't really live in a lean-to in Sri Lanka. And uh, they were disappointed. Uh, but, you know. 
Life is full of disappointments. So, uh, the depiction of the Cheney hammer mill, it's actually not too far from the truth. I mean, we do live in upstate New York. We live in central New York in a backwater. Um, people listening to this who are, you know, uh, denizens of central New York may take offense at that. I don't think there's anything wrong with being a backwater. <laughs> I mean, we're out of the way, you know, it's a very quiet place. It's uh it's a interestingly diverse place. Um you wouldn't expect it coming from the outside. You wouldn't expect that that the area that we live in, which is around the city of Utica, uh is diverse as it is, but it is in fact quite diverse. Um there's a kind of liveliness about it in a funny way, but it's it's been a neglected area for so long. And uh so we were when we came up with the idea of the Cheney Hammer Mill, it was just kind of a you know, way of saying, Yeah, we live in upstate New York and we live in kind of a you know a place that no one has ever heard of we're kind of like dancing on the ruins as it were like a abandoned hammer mill um (laughs) and you know so you can envision us living in a hammer mill that's fine um i wanted to play for this audience the this is big green audience and i know you're out there I wanted to play for this audience uh, something that I've posted on the blog most recently, um, probably about a week ago as of this recording. A demo that we did more or less at the inception of Big Green. So Matt and I have played together for forever because we're brothers. (laughs) I mean, we started playing as teenagers I didn't really start playing until I was out of high school. Matt started playing six string um, when he was in high school. And he uh, and I played in groups together um, just after he left high school. This was around like 1980. And we started started doing gigs uh, under various names. I mean, we had like five different names, six different names. Um, different configurations and he started writing quite a bit um, in those early years and what he wrote actually was the invention of what we consider to be Big Green right now Um, I, I see some of Matt's early compositions as being the first sort of prototypical Big Green songs um, in the sense that I understand Big Green, <laughs> and maybe I'm the only person who who has this conception of it, but there are a couple of songs that he wrote sort of early on that uh, that were prior to our establishment of Big Green that were like Big Green songs, and that became more or less central to what our music ultimately became, but um. When we first got the name Big Green, it was when we got together with 
a guitar player in um, Boston Spa, New York, by the name of Ned Dannison. I've mentioned him on the podcast before. Um, he's a multi-instrumentalist, actually. He plays keyboards and guitar and I think other instruments as well, but I'm not, not certain about that. Um, singer, songwriter, very talented fella. Uh, I played in a band with him. I played in like a top 40 band. Well, I want, I shouldn't say a top 40 band. It was more like a dance band, like a club band kind of thing. It was pretty horrible, but we got to know each other. We, we became friends. Um, we hung out a lot and we thought, well, let's, let's try to throw together a band. And I, you know, of course I, I had been working out, trying to work out bands with my brother for years, um, unsuccessfully. And <laughs> we'd played a number of gigs and stuff with other people. And uh, we were always between drummers and between guitar players and that sort of thing. So we got together with Ned and we um, we sort of formulated this idea for Big Green, which was a different set of songs that we were used to playing. I mean, when we would organize bands, we would play a few original numbers but we would play mostly stuff by like dylan or the beatles or um jimmy hendrix or or the band or you know um a lot of sort of 60s music and when we got together with ned ned had a sort of broader range of tastes um we started um plunking around with uh talking head songs and um and some really early sort of rock numbers, um, old rock and roll numbers, um, and, and a, just a bunch of stuff that we we just hadn't played before. He sort of broadened our palette a little bit. And he had a lot of energy and, and a lot of verve, um, a lot of enthusiasm. Um, and so we formed... Big Green, I think it was in 1986 when we were playing in other bands and we started rehearsing together and doing some doing some preparation. And during that period, um, as we started thinking about, you know, sort of pulling something together that would actually perform rather than rehearse, which <laughs> is kind of a big step for us in, in those days, uh, we did a lot of rehearsals. <laughs> but not a lot of performances prior to that. Um, we decided to, uh, we decided we we're going to do a demo. Um, we've done, you know, I can't tell you how many demos we've done as, as a, as a, uh, brother and brother team, Matt and I, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, Matt was already doing his own recordings and stuff, but we, um, we had access to an A-Track studio uh, that was owned by Ned's brother, John, who was actually like a road manager for Blotto, I think, at one point. Um, he had a uh, A-Track machine up in his garage. Um, it was like a Tascam 8-Track eight, reel-to-reel. And, and you know, it's some, you know, like basically a studio setup and a little live room and stuff like that. So we um, managed to get in there to record a few songs. And I, the resulting demo, the four-song dem- demo um, that came out of those, those brief sessions that we had there, 
Um, I've posted on our blog um, using Q, actually. Uh, there's three cover songs and one original song. The one original song is an Ed Dennison number, a uh, song that he wrote called Name and a Face. And um, I did um, Taj Mahal's uh, She Caught the Katie. I did um, Little Richard's um, Slipping and Sliding. And uh, Ned did um, the... Lennon and McCartney song, early Lennon and McCartney song called Bad Boy. And uh, that was it. That was the, that was like, it was kind of like an EP, right? So um, we recorded it in kind of a hurry. <laughs> we did track it. It wasn't, it wasn't a live recording. We did track it. Um, but it was, you know, minimal, I'd say minimal overdubs. Uh I played piano, did some vocals. Um, Matt basically just played bass. We had a couple of drummers on the various sessions. Three of the songs, um, the Taj Mahal song, Ned's song, and the Little Richard song uh, had on drums a guy named Pete Young, who was a club uh, drummer back in the 80s in the Albany area. Uh who was a very good drummer and bad boy was, um, the drums was, <laughs> the drums was on bad boy. The drums was recorded by, uh, the drums were recorded by Dale Haskell, who's a singer songwriter, a uh, friend of, of Ned's, um, school friend and very talented fellow too. And, he was kind enough to play on that song and some other songs that we started to record, but we, we never finished. So, um, anyway, uh, I've posted this on my blog and now I'm going to play these four songs in the original order of the demo. Um, if you want to check this out, go to our site, big-green.net and click on either the music tab or look at the blog look back to last week and the blog post will have a link to a page that has these songs um, embedded on it using the Q player a little plug in for WordPress and uh, give it a listen but here they are here's name and a face she caught the Katie um, what's the other one slipping and sliding <laughs> And bad boy. Take it away.
Well, that was fun. What else we got? Yeah, those were uh, those were our early days. That was the first recording we made as a group, and and really, as far as Ned was concerned, that was that was the last recording we made. <laughs> We've got some recorded re- rehearsals that we did together um, that are just kind of ad hoc. You know, left a portable cassette machine running while we would rehearse just so that we could listen back to it and see how fucked up everything was. Um, but, (laughs) but, uh, that was the only real formal recording we did with Ned. Ned's done a lot of recording since then. In fact, he just shared a number not too long ago. Um, that was a tribute to a friend's, um, recently departed father. And, uh, he's still a very talented fellow very talented songwriter um naturally we moved on started doing some other stuff mostly uh recording uh some performing we played with um some local guitar players uh we didn't (laughs) pete young our drummer who wasn't Dale Haskell <laughs> in in this recording uh only really played with us on this recording. We had drummer problems like crazy in those days. Um we worked with Ned for probably about a year and a half um trying to put together some gigs. I remember going out to Western Mass and looking looking for work for the band. Um we we really didn't have three dimes to rub together though. I was just trying to do everything on a shoestring, and uh, didn't really get very far with it. We played, I think we, in that configuration, we might have played like one gig. I think it was a street fair in Boston Spa, um, in the summer of like '87, and that was about it. And uh interestingly um after that point um Ned went his own way we went ours um we started getting together with other guitar players my brother-in-law John White started playing drums with us he's a very very talented young man uh started playing drums with us and we started uh playing more in the Utica sort of central New York area. Uh and we worked with uh, a few people around here. There's some recordings of us that uh, I've shared that we did not so much as demos but as sort of like sketches, song sketches. Um we weren't trying to get work with these. We were just recording them um for artistic reasons. <laughs> we were trying to be artists. Um, actually, uh, a good friend of ours um, by the name of Bob Aquaviva, who had his own band named Mere Mortals, um, a, uh, a, a kind of a metal band that uh, did quite well. Um actually over in Europe for a while. And he he was 
he had his own studio and he was kind enough to give us some time to record some numbers. I am going to take the liberty of playing one of those recordings for you now. And I don't think, I don't think I've played any of these on this podcast before. Correct me if I'm wrong. But I'm pretty sure I haven't played these before. Anyway, um, here's a song that's actually one of Matt's songs. And it's a song that we used to play in the clubs uh, back in the day. And it's called Just Five Seconds. And I think think I've played it on the on This Is Big Green before, but possibly not. In any case, this is kind of where we were at in like 1991. Now, the, the first demo I played for you was 1987. Um, that's the inception of Big Green. Um, this is kind of the later configuration of Big Green. Now, we, we didn't have John White on these recordings. We had um, just a, uh, a, a drum composer. Um, so these are canned drums essentially. Um, but the guitarist on this is Tony Ace Butera, another multi-instrumentalist and very talented fellow um, from the Utica area. And he was playing with us at the time. And this is just five seconds. See what you think of this. I can't conceive of it. I can't figure it out for myself. Try to explain it to me. Just give it a listen and then explain it to me. Thank you.
Well, there you have it. Indeed. Yeah, we did a number of songs in that session. I think we did six. I think this one of the songs that I did was uh, a, a kind of a political song that was called Grandfather's War. War is statistical, death euphemistical, there were changes made. Back in the summer of 1914, it seemed like a big parade. Our father's father always knew just what he was fighting for. So much more noble a thing to be killed in my granddaddy's war. I'll never figure out why they all rant about winning the hearts and minds. Grandfather's generals were never in need of public relation blinds. Oh, if they simply won't give in, just murder a million Extermination was nothing to hide in the days of my granddaddy's war. He had some glorious tales to tell of the days when martial values were always in style. They would sing as they marched and always would face the murderous head with a spell. After the armistice, Grandpa, the tone of this friend he made at the song. One day, machine gun, some great wooden thing that looked like his neighbor's home. Oh, Grandpa's friend killed fourteen men before he got through the door. They became fourteen more glorious names in the annals of military lore. And I know it could be so much more noble a thing to be killed in my granddaddy's war. I should have turned the uh, attenuator down on the microphone a little bit. There's some snaps in there. Do forgive me. Anyway, more ad hoc recording. Pretty much everything we do is ad hoc these days. Um, we used to take pains over things. Um recordings you know we would spend i don't know days weeks sometimes months in one case one project we spent five years recording and we discovered uh, in the course of doing the podcast um particularly through the early years of um of this is big green we discovered that what the hell i mean <laughs> we started doing some ad hoc recordings just scratch recordings for the podcast um just kind of throwing things together and tossing them out there and they didn't sound that much worse than the uh than the things that we took pains over so we decided oh well why don't we just do this all the time 
And uh, actually, that's what resulted in uh, our third album um, called Cowboy Scat, Songs in the Key of Rick. Someone's calling on the phone. Oh, it's my sister. Someone get the phone, please. Hello, yes, caller. You're calling from a 315 area code. Who's this? Hello. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Well, let's see. What else have we got? So, I've given you an example of uh, our first demo that we did as Big Green, in the form of Big Green. I've given you an example of a um, recording that we did um, in the second iteration of Big Green um, back here in Utica. The, the original Big Green was formed in the Albany area, Albany, Saratoga, New York. And um, back here in upstate, sort of central New York, um, we reformed and we worked with a different drummer and we worked with a different guitar player and we went into the studio and we did though the though our drummer John White was not on that recording that I just played um we went in and recorded a number of songs um at Bob Aquaviva's studio in Utica I think in 1991 and that's so that's the example from that period. I mean, all throughout this time, we were doing recordings on Matt's um, various cassette decks that he um, had over the years. He had these four-track cassette recorders, little Porta Studios, as they used to call them. They'd run off of cassette tapes. I mean, audio cassettes. You know. You know the thing. They don't make them anymore. Anyway, actually, they do make them, but uh, they're kind of a rarity now. Anyway, um, and we would do a lot of recordings of mostly Matt's songs, some of mine, uh, some things that we did together, and uh, they'd be these kind of cheap four-track recordings. Um, Matt would do, as I've explained in previous podcasts, and I know I've explained it on the blog a bunch of times, Matt would do Christmas songs around the Christmas holiday. And I don't mean traditional Christmas songs. I mean songs that were built around the theme of Christmas. So he would compose original songs, usually kind of joke numbers, um, around the concept of Christmas and he would record them and duplicate them and hand them out as as uh, Christmas gifts uh, around the holiday. And that was the genesis of uh, 2000 Years to Christmas, um, our first album, which um, we released in uh, 1999, 2000, that winter, um, which is now a bit more than 20 years ago. And uh, I should mention that I've uh, placed that entire album on our YouTube channel. So in case you've never heard the whole thing, if you want to hear it for free, it is now on YouTube. Just go to big-green.net 
and and click on either the video tab or um, go down to um, our YouTube link at the bottom. You click contact us and you'll see the link. Um, and just go to our YouTube channel and you can play the entire album for your listening pleasure. In any case, um, Matt was uh, writing a lot of these songs. He wrote about 80, 90 Christmas songs over the course of 10 years or eight, eight to 10 years. I think eight to 10 years, somewhere in there. Um, and I'm going to play an example of one of these original recordings. These are, um, this is a large body of work that we drew 2000 years of, for, <laughs> this is a large body of work that we drew 2000 years to Christmas from <laughs> getting all my prepositions mixed up. 2000 years to Christmas from, um, we pretty much just drew up a long list of the songs that Matt had done over the years and, um, decided which ones we wanted to try. And then we recorded them and, uh, you know, and we, you know, sort of winnowed the list down to see what worked, what didn't work. And the ones that ended up on the album were the ones that didn't make us puke. And there you go. So there was less puke potential involved in the ones that ended up on the album. But uh, the one I'm going to play for you now um, didn't make it to the album. We didn't do a version for 2,000 Years to Christmas. We never did record this one. But this is one that I certainly, if I could go back to the 1990s right now, (laughs) among many other things that I might do in the 1990s, if I could revisit that time again, is... Um, suggest this song as one of the numbers that we would include on 2000 Years to Christmas because this is one of my favorite um, Christmas recordings from Matt. I don't remember what year he released this to the uh, small select group of people who used to receive his Christmas albums every year, but um, I think... I think it was in the early 90s. I think it might have been 1991. But I could be wrong. Anyway, this is called Nutcracker Suite. And it's it's a rockin' little number. Again, this is recorded on 4-track cassette Porta Studio. I don't know which one. Matt had several over the years and borrowed a couple um, to do these tapes. Uh, he he did this all himself. Um, it's got electronic drums on it. It's So there's bits of it that sound a little squeegee. But this is, when you take all that into consideration, I think this is a pretty interesting recording. Anyway, here it is. Nutcracker by Matt. Big Green.
Okay, so that was festive. Didn't you like that? I liked it. Did you like it? You didn't like it. Did you like it? I liked it. Anyway, somebody liked it. Somebody had a good time. Oh, dear. Yes, um, a lot of songs didn't make it onto the album. I really only had um, one song that you could call a Christmas song. And it went something like this. kind of a song about uh, i don't know what is it about i don't know it's not really about christmas it's got christmas in it it's got a little bit of christmas in it it's uh i actually wrote that song about david koresh that was written in the 90s um it's not you know not a one-to-one relationship okay it's that was 
what I was thinking of when I wrote that song. So, we've done so many demos. Uh, We should have just called Big Green Demo. Except that we had a, we had like a neighborhood friend by that name. And uh, yeah, less said about that, the better. Anyway, is that the time? Um, I think I'm going to wrap this up. Uh, I'm sorry that we didn't have Matt to talk to today. Matt's a very interesting fellow. Always like to have him on board. I'm going to try for a Matt next month. And I will um, indeed endeavor to post yet another episode next month. So be sure to check big-green.net and uh, check us out. And if you want to hear some Ned Trek episodes, I'm going to try to post another one or two during the course of the summer, maybe more, um, depending on how busy I am or not busy I am. And uh, that you can find at nedtrek.com or you can go to big-green.net and click the podcast tab once again and you will find the image link for Ned Trek. And, uh, you know, that's that's something we're trying to push out a little bit of content here. Uh, More on that later. More on, you know projects to come later i will talk to you about that next month but until then it's time for us to go it's time for us to go it's time for us it's time for us it's time for us to go it's time for us to go it's time for us to go it's time for us it's time for us it's time for us to go time for us to go see you later That's all I've got. This is Big Green brought to you by no one in particular. Just my own sorry ass. Learn more about us at big-green.net. Follow me on Twitter at Big Green Joe. You can find out more about us on our website, of course. Tweet at me. Call me. Send me emails. Do something, just react. For God's sake! <laughs>